Hello and welcome to another episode of the B-Team Podcast Quarantine Edition. This is week, God only knows what week it is of quarantine, but thank goodness for the drafts because finally we have something at least somewhat relevant to talk about in the sports world. Before I get deeper into that though and introduce our guest, I want to give a special shout out to Ian Meatslut Round. Happy birthday, happy Earth Day to all of our listeners. Lee and Jerry, how are you guys doing? How have things been since the last time we talked? I'm uh, pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited that we actually have a, we have a sports episode today, folks, kind of. Uh, we got the draft coming up. Um, I had a big last night. I watched uh, Game 7 of the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, the whole Bruins team was on a Zoom. And my dad and I each had the Zoom YouTube on our uh, on our laptop and on our iPad, and we just like didn't really speak and just like acted like we were part of the team and drank a bunch of Manhattans. So I had a big sports night last night. Bruins ended up getting the win, um, so that was pretty. Special. Did they win? Did they win again? They did. They they pulled it off, and so it was it was a really special moment. It actually was really cool though because it was like all these like like my heroes of 10 years ago, just like shitting on each other on zoom. And it like kind of made me realize like, well, I guess if we released, if people like live watched our zoom would be the same thing. And like, we're hilarious and like everyone loves us too. So like it'd be sure. fun for them, but it was like incredibly enjoyable content to just watch like 18 guys just shit on each other. <sighs> that does sound great. That does sound great. Yeah. Um, I know you would like that. Yeah. Totally. I, <laughs> I wish that Detroit had some championships in the last decade that we could actually look back on and celebrate, but all we have done is gone to championship finals and lost. Um, so, alas, uh, 2020s will be much better for us. I am fired up. Oh, totally. I am fired up for the draft. It's going to be – it's so nice that we'll all be sitting down as a nation and watching – a sporting event, a kind of sporting event, not really, a man walking to a microphone, but it's related to sports and it's live. We can all have a discussion about it after during these times. It's going to be really refreshing. Yeah, it's, that's the mo- thing I'm most excited for is like there's just something that I, I'd be like, oh, like I need to be on my couch by eight watching this. Like I haven't had that in a long time. It's like this is a live event that I I need to be watching. So you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good feeling. Yeah, I'm just excited to kind of get my uh, competitive juices flowing a little bit again. I don't know how that's gonna happen in the draft. Normally, the draft's something that I tune into just for the Broncos first round pick. I'm sure you guys do the same. I mean, you care about the first couple picks, you know, who goes number one, who's a, a steal in the top five maybe. But outside of that, I really only care about the Broncos. I promise you tomorrow I will have the whole thing on. Top to bottom coverage. There's nothing better to do. I mean, I can only play so much Call of Duty Warzone without going criminally insane. So uh, just really looking forward to seeing how all the draft war rooms are set up. Uh, not really sure how everyone's going to do that, but looking forward to seeing the setups that people had. I saw John Lynch tweeted out his draft setup already, so just something to look forward to. It's a little bit different as a Lions fan, I guess, um, considering your Broncos and Patriot Nation. We look forward to the draft every year, basically. This is our time to shine. Uh, it's just, this feels very natural, so 
the fact that I'm excited for the draft and now that everyone else is excited, it just raised it to that next level. Um, and I know we need our expert, draft expert, uh, John Patrick out of Hingham Mass coming on here soon. Um, and then we're going to dive deep. But um, that three pick the Lions do hold is arguably the most interesting pick going into the draft for a lot of reasons that we'll talk about. Um, so I'm particularly excited this year because whoever we get to will help spring us into the playoff run next year. Yeah, I was going to say that I'm usually not excited. I don't usually watch the draft anymore. But when I was little, I used to have not uh, no friends really. And uh, I would watch like, uh, pick of the draft. And I'm kind of excited to get back to my like no friends route. Um, so that'll be, be really fun. I'm actually going to, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to watch every pick probably. Cause like what the fuck else am I going to do for the next, however long this is every be? fucking pick, every pick and every analysis. And then I'll probably rewatch it at midnight. <laughs> and I am like, we can probably, we can get into more draft stuff with Tots, but I'm praying for some big fuck ups with like connections and stuff. I mean, this is, we know how shitty our podcast sounds sometimes. Like imagine that with the NFL draft where these people's lives, these like kids' lives are, you know, not their lives are at stake, but their livelihood is at stake. It's going to be pretty fun. Well, without further ado, time to really get into the draft, right? I mean, yeah. what else we got to talk about? Actually, there is one thing if we, if Tatch isn't coming on. Georgia uh, reopening their economy? Um the, uh, there's a rumor it has it that uh, the NHL will be back in July, um, so which is pretty soon. Um, as we know, a lot of like co- states are going to start to lift restrictions, and their plan is to have like one to two neutral sites um, for each conference and play out the playoffs. Um, so it's possible we have live playoff sports within the next couple months. Here's the thing, though, if one gets it or if like cases go back up there's no way this is happening but as of right now they are i talked to a source who we should probably have on the pod sometime uh who works for the abs um yeah we're you know this happened yeah yeah this we could have a we could have could be coming back folks wow that's great to hear though um i'll have to have our producer check in with the front range fauci to see if that's in line with his timeline um FYI, our producer is back. We were able to locate yes. him. Um, sorry for the delay in getting the last pod out. You know, you can only do so much in these times. But well, we we did find him in a compromising position um, out in the middle of actually the Nevada desert uh, in the back of a Winnebago mm-hmm. with a broken tire, um, and really was at a low point. I didn't know if the show was going to go on. Yeah, it seemed that he was trying to uh, – it, it looked like an escape. It looked like he was trying to get away from us. Yes, um, yes. We hired a private investigator with thank you guys for donating to our Kickstarter our, our, yeah. and, and subscribing to B-Team Gold. We used all that money to track down our producer. Uh, we felt like that was the best financial de- uh, decision to make, and we did catch him. We did sedate him, and we yeah. did – And if you're looking to donate any more – to our producer awareness fund. Um, it's an, an initiative that we've started here at the B team. Uh, just really want to raise more awareness for the behind the scenes folks, the people who are doing the editing and you know everything. Um, uploading. Uploading, exactly. Mm-hmm. Feel free to send any Venmos to Parker Moss 17 
Again, that is Parker Moss 17. We're accepting any donations. So uh, any monetary value that you can send to that Venmo is going to be appreciated. It's going to go to that producer awareness fund and it's really just going to help a lot of people. Um, so, you know, I, feel free to share. Feel free to share. You have the power to change a producer's life. Really great cause, guys. Yeah. Thanks. So, we now welcome on John Taccio, friend of the program, longtime listener of the pod. Um, this guy is an NFL savant. He is a draft oracle, and he's here to help us provide some insight into this year's 2020 NFL draft. John, how you doing? I'm doing so great. Thanks for having me on here, fellas. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, let's just get right into it, man. We here at the B team are just so excited for something sports related to come on. That's going to be the NFL draft tomorrow. We obviously, we don't do anything to prepare for anything here. I mean, that's, that's the nature of our podcast, but we'd like to get right into it. First off, who is your top sleeper pick for this year's NFL draft? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to get into that in a moment. But, you know, first of all, certainly don't have the credentials of the Fauci of the front range. You know, big fan of the podcast. It's, it's been a delight listening to these. Um, but, no, I, I really appreciate the intro. And uh, getting into that, you said the biggest sleeper in the draft. I would have to go with C.J. Henderson right now out of Florida. So a lot of people have Okuda right now as the top cornerback. A lot of people have him slated over to uh, Jerry Pendleton's Lions right now after Matt Patricia uh, essentially exiled big play slay. Um, so C.J. Henderson, a lot of, you know, a lot of pundits are obviously pushing Okuda, his natural skills. But C.J. Henderson right now out of Florida, he hearing a lot of length um, from him as a corner. And a lot of people think he might end up sneaking up. Um, um, to that top corner slot. So not the, the biggest sleeper. He's, he's probably going to be a first rounder, right? But um, I think as, as far as a surprise, that's something you might be seeing out there. You're saying at, at number three overall, they might take him? Uh, I don't know about number three. I really do see the Lions uh, trading back right now. Um, mm. as, as far as needs, I mean, that's just such a juicy spot right there. Um, as far as a QB play. Um, and I can also touch on it a little later, but a lot of people are saying, I was uh, tuning into Mike Lombardi a little bit, um, as far as mock drafts and everything you've seen out there so far, um, apparently those, uh, as far as the past decade, they haven't seen kind of, uh, in his eyes, it, it looks to be kind of the most wrongly mocked draft, if you will. Um, he sees a lot of different surprises coming, mainly uh, an abundance of offensive tackles being chosen within the top 10. Um, so obviously with a lot of mocks that you see, you have all those skill position players right up at the top. So you click the link, you see the corners, the wideouts, running backs, and, and obviously the quarterbacks. Um, but in reality, I think it's going to be very offensive tackle heavy up front. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I think the Lions are probably going to trade down but uh, I could see Henderson slipping into the top five. You know, not a guarantee uh, by any chance, but uh, it, it's just something definitely to keep an eye on. Tachio, it is great to have you on. Um, first off, I see on your LinkedIn, 
Uh, you were a intern for Patriots deputy uh, scout Joe Robinson going into your junior year. So we're really excited that you're going to bring that expertise to our draft talk today. Um, I agree with you on the Patriots. Uh, I'm sorry, on the Lions at three. I said in our lead-in, I think. Don't mix them up, Jerry. They're far from each other. (laughs) Well, you know, we're the Patriots (laughs) of the North. We're the Patriots of the North. And uh, I think. I think you're right. Number Going into the draft, I see the Lions really having the most enticing pick for how the rest of the top 10 will play out. Do we trade back uh, to amass more draft picks? Now I'm seeing a potential that um, what you're saying, that the Dolphins are actually very high on uh, getting a tackle, and they want to move it up to secure that in the three spot and potentially could give away their 18th, 26th, and 39th pick, all the Lions to move up, which would give the Lions four of the top 40 picks. Um, I think it's an interesting move. We'll see. I have been getting – Jeff Okuda, I saw him play last year at the Michigan-Ohio State game. He's a hell of a player. He is physical corner. Uh, He's a Patrick Peterson-type lockdown corner. Um, And like you said, we did lose big play Slay. There was a big riff in the locker room with uh, him and Coach Pete. Coach P said yep. he wasn't elite in a film session, uh, and things just never were <laughs> never were the same afterwards. So I want to replace him, and I, I w- I'm happy now with Okuda. I'm still praying somehow Chase Young dropped the three. Do you see that as any opportunity, as any chance of happening? I really do not. Uh, you know, from what I've seen, you know, Chase Young, you know, the top player in the draft, you know, a lot of, a lot of times that QB obviously is going to be that number one spot. It's the most important position in the sport. Um, Joe Burrow, absolute stud set the NCAA record as far as completion percentage last year. Um, But, but Chase Young, I really do feel uh, is just the number one talent in this draft right now. Um, There's been some comparisons as far as um, to LeBron James, so uh, apparently he's still growing right now. So you might see Chase Young be, you know, six foot eight, two eighty five, um, you know, rushing the edge. So that's just something that, you know, those genes, that's something you definitely got to keep an eye on out there. The Redskins, just an absolute shit show. I, I mean, Dan Snyder, I don't know what I would do if I, I you know, was, was a fan of that team. I guess they're, they're rolling with uh, Allen down there or, or Haskins. Um, but any chance you can get an elite edge rusher like this, we've seen it with uh, the Bosa brothers, you know, go into to two different teams in California. It's just a, a cornerstone of the team, uh, probably the most important position after the quarterback. And, and I do not see him trickling down to your uh, Detroit Lions, Gerald. That's a shame. I, I was thinking, why don't the That's Lions, <laughs> why don't they trade up, you know? I would That's give what a I was second. Say. Dude, trade up a pick and give him a second rounder. I would take it. I want Young. He's an incredible player. There's no way I really trading up for for him. The the Lions would be so smart to actually trade down and get a mass picks and not draft like a shitty wide receiver for like five years. (sighs) Or or TJ Hawkinson with the ninth overall pick. TJ is going to be a great player, and yeah, that was the Lions get out of me. We should not trade up from the third overall pick. That would be pretty. Or what was what about the old days? Who'd they get? They got like Mike Charles Charles Rogers, Charles Rogers, Mike Mike Williams, yeah, uh, Roy Williams, who actually Roy Williams. ended up being good. He was fine. Um, and 
Uh, remember that, you know, Roy, 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 Roy. Remember that rock song? Whenever he would catch a pass at Ford Field, that would just come over and everyone's like, Roy, 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 Roy. It was really a great <laughs> cheer for the fans of Detroit. Oh I think by rock song there, you mean Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> That's you right. Mean, you mean the Weird Al Detroit Lions parody. Parody. Tiger. Yes, Roy of the Tiger. Uh, exactly. Johnny, I want to ask you about your, uh, your, your setup tomorrow for the draft. How you watch it? You, you, got, you got a big TV. You're going to watch all these picks. How you, how you doing? What's your plan tomorrow night? Yeah, as you guys were mentioning earlier in the episode, it really is kind of the Super Bowl, it seems like right now, at least for people like ourselves. So what I'm going to be doing is probably going to order some, uh, some wings or something from the spot Rocco's down the street. I'm going to have local, the big TV local going. Spot. Support local. local spot, support local business in there. Um, and so on the big TV, I'll probably have some Call of Duty going with the boys to get some banter going. Um, probably a smaller screen, you know, have the draft. I'm really looking forward to see kind of how Goodell ends up doing. Uh, and I hear the Lions have a uh, fucking like a Winnebago or something. Yeah, we got a Winnebago <laughs> outside yeah, of Quinny's place. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of leeway as far as, you know, the, the technical issues and everything that happened. But, yeah, I'm super pumped. Get some food. Have that on a smaller screen. Um, you know, be chatting about the draft and, and getting some Warzone going. Um, you know, we got Chase Murphy on there right now. Just an absolute gem. We got Jackson uh, Pimo on there. So, it, it'll, be, it'll be a good time. Absolutely. Well, Drawing our attention back to the NFL draft here, as a Broncos fan, um, I think that we're kind of aligned with the offensive first skill position here. Um, I'm curious, though. There's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft. Who do you think is the top wide receiver in this year's class? Yeah, it's a great question there, Pimo. I mean, obviously there's the, you know, the three-headed monster, Judy, C.D. Lamb and uh, Henry Ruggs the third right now. Interesting little tidbit. Uh, I was reading an article recently. So as far as wide receivers, they, they did a study where they had the next, uh, you know, highest picked player at that position. Um, and it's an interesting study, but it was the odds are of kind of the, the player at the same exact position picked directly after somebody. The odds of the first player picked being better than that second person, right, is, is 52%. Um, so, so it does really just show you as well just how much of a, a crapshoot the draft can be at times, right, um, especially at the wide receiver position. But mm -hmm. I do think this is a, a special class with those three. Um, certainly hard to pick a front runner. And I, I think the greatest thing about the three as well is they all really have just such different traits. Obviously, rugs being just – Stretching the field, pure speed, Judy being the, the separation artist um, and, and gets open the easiest. And then CeeDee Lamb uh, being the best after the catch. And he's about, you know, I think he's 195 and he, and he runs after the catch. He's, he's trucking players. He plays like he's 225. Um, the, the best man, I really, I'm, I'm a CD Lamb guy um, as far as this. Just, yeah. um, I watched a, a documentary on rugs. He's just a player. They say too, he, what they look for is he just needs football. He, he loves the game just uh, a little bit more than everyone else, you know, maybe kind of think of like a, a T 
TB12, right? Probably not to that echelon, um, but uh, he, he's right up there. He's just obsessed. Saban, Saban loves him. But as far as C.D. Lamb, um, I, I guess he was kind of passed off in high school for the, uh, the uh, U.S. Army All-American game. And ever since that, he's had just a huge chip on his shoulder. Um, he's just so impressive to watch, especially with, um, you know, Hurts throwing to him who, uh, you know, as, as much as we love him as a player, you know, not the, the greatest QB uh, across the college landscape. Um, so for him dealing with a quarterback like that and putting up the, the numbers that he does, uh, yeah, I'm a fan of C.D. Lamb. I, I, I think you might be a, a Judy guy, though, it sounds like, Timo. Well, it's hard because the Broncos do have a receiver similar to C.D. in Cortland Sutton. Um, and I'm definitely looking for someone – who's going to provide something different to the roster. Uh, that being said, I, I got to agree with you. All three have their own individual skills and I think are going to be great receivers no matter what. I think the one who fits the best, though, in our system would be someone like Ruggs, uh, someone who can line up at you know all different positions, play in the slot, um, and really just be that complementary receiver that we need to you know really excel. But I think it's great to hear that all three receivers really check all the boxes on your list, um, and you kind of can't go wrong getting any one of those. I want to absolutely ask you even. On- on our on our on the B team tots, we're we're pretty anti receiver. I feel like as a podcast about the importance okay. of receiver, and we've seen a shitload of first round busts over the years. Darius Hayward Bay, yeah. I know overall fucking Corey Coleman, Philip Dorsett was a first round pick. Do you like? Do you think that these guys are different than even we go last year? Calvin Ridley was a first round pick, right? I I still think he might be a bust, and he's another big Alabama guy. Is it going to be different with these three guys? Are they are they going to have? Are they going to be big? Are they going to be Cordero Patterson and these tons and tons of first round receivers who don't ever really blow up? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point, Lee. And and even when the receivers do blow up, right? It, you look at some of the top deep threats, and the teams aren't necessarily very good. Um, to use a Lions example, I mean, as great <laughs> as Megatron was. What really came of it, right? I, no I mean, playoff wins. So, you know, you can answer that after, but it's just like you have a big play receiver. What do you really get out of it? You know, like who's, who's the last team with just an absolute stud receiver um, that, that's won the Super Bowl? Um, not many come to mind, you know, with the Julio Jones 28-3 to lead. It's just um, – that's a good, it no, is that's a very a, good point. It's a really good point, it's, it's, no touch. I guess yeah. I, I'm thinking quickly just about – you're right. When the Patriots added, added Randy Moss and, you know, you guys were supposed to win the Super Bowl, um, but then you lost to the Giants, that's kind of a similar thing where you thought such a great player was going to guarantee victory. And, you know, apparently it just uh, – it didn't lead, lead to success on the field. Hey, I, you're honestly that, – that is a good, good point. I'll give that to you. Um, but maybe to, to answer the question a little bit more, Lee, is, um, I don't know, it's just obviously you, you want speed on the team at the end of the day. Um, I'd say that taking a running back in the first round is definitely more of a no-no than, mm-hmm. than trying to grab a wide out. As far as just team speed, um, you know, t- taking safeties away from, from 
stacking the box and, and covering the run game um, and just having threats down the field. I do think this class more so than any other in the decade, this is probably the strongest receiver class. So I do think that, um, you know, these first round selections, I, I really feel like they're going to pan out better than in the past. Yeah, that makes sense. And these guys are studs for sure, but it's just it is a, it, troubling to see in the past what what has happened with first round receivers. But I do agree this could be this one could be different. Looking at uh, Herbert out of Oregon, of course, that was a phenomenal Rose Bowl. Um, he really showed that I think he can play on the big stage, and I think a lot of his skills could will translate to the NFL well. Uh, not to mention. Without, I should mention rather that Wisconsin shit away that game and just was asking Oregon to win with all their terrible turnovers on their own side of the field within the 30-yard line. But we've seen a huge jump here in Herbert. Are you buying into that? I mean, he has shot up draft boards as of late. Do you see him in, indeed landing in the top 10 with, uh, with uh, San Diego, with a Miami, um, perhaps even a uh, – Probably not a Jacksonville, Arizona. So with uh, San Diego or Miami. Yeah, no, great question there. And I mean, uh, you know, and, and the reason I can talk to, to most of this as well is just going over mock drafts uh, a lot of times, you know, out of boredom. And what I'll do sometimes is I'll flip over to, I think I was talking to Pimo about this recently, like the 2022 draft, right? The, the 2023 which is just so far in the future that it's essentially just throwing shit against the wall. But um, as far as, as, as Hubert there, they had him going number one overall for the last two or so years, right? Until this recent season. So as far as just, and you know, these NFL coaches as well, the guy's six, five, he has all the pro tools and they, they just drool over him. So he definitely will go top 10. I, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts in a moment as well, kind of where you see Tua. I, I think that's going to be the biggest question there. But as far as, uh, as Hebert, you know, it's, it's something where the guy runs the ball very often. Um, he, he seems kind of like that pro pocket passer, and he possesses a lot of those traits, still has some development. But the, the guy runs the ball fairly often. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, – of, of uh, Josh Allen out of out of Buffalo a bit there, and just um, kind of goes to the the point to, in the draft of false labeling prospects, right? Like Lamar Jackson ran the ball a lot less than Josh Allen did, for example, um, and, and he threw for like quadruple uh, the amount of 300 yard games. So with those, everyone thinks uh, Hebert's just a you know pro passer. I, I don't think he really possesses the, the skills like a, a Peyton Manning or even uh, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson in, in next year's class. And let's be honest, NFL analysts see a white quarterback, they get rock hard, like this guy's a passer. They see a black <laughs> quarterback, they're like this guy runs, even if it's Jameis Winston or, or Jacoby Brissett who are slow as fuck. And then it totally fucks <laughs> the whole analysis because they just don't know how to treat uh, race among quarterbacks. So I just wanted to throw that in there about Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great point is I think it's just there's so many simplicities that are easy to recognize, but 
the GMs and the scouts, they always just go digging a, a little too deep and, and they don't see what's on the surface, right? I mean, there's millions of examples. Jamarcus Russell was just known as the, the laziest college football player of all time. Yes. And, uh, you know, Al Davis is just absolutely in love with the guy. But just all the warning signs were there. Lane Kiffin saying the guy, you know, sleeps during team meetings. But, um, you know, they want to dig deeper in, into all these stats and whatnot. So I, I think that's something that they just need to, to see what's on the surface and, and not get too complicated as far as their, uh, their judgments. Yeah, but Jamarcus Russell could throw it from one knee from the 50-yard line through the goalpost. So that obviously makes him the number one overall pick. Jerry does sound like he's talking behind like a flag, like wrapping in the wind or in a wind tunnel or something. But uh, yeah, you sound you sound interesting, Jerry. You got your sound okay over there? I'll do a quick sound check. Yeah, it sounds like we're doing an interview here with um, Edward Snowden. You know, like yeah. like we got we got Julian him. Assange. <laughs> you sound like uh, Chris Farley in Time Boy when he's talking into the fan. That's that's kind of what you sound like. Well, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be an episode Please. of the B team if we didn't have some podcast and vocal issues. Yeah. Lee, what are your thoughts on uh, the Gronk move here? I wanted to ask you that. I mean, so my my thinking is that. It, it, we got a fourth-round pick that we wouldn't have had. Gronk never would have played for us. Uh, we got a fourth-round pick. Um, you know, in terms of straight-up, like, football, I, we got another pick. And fourth round has proven to be a lot of value for the Patriots in the past. For some reason, Belichick can nail the fourth and sucks in the first and second. Um, oh. glad, I'm glad about that. Um, I am pretty surprised Gronk wants to play again. I mean, he, he was – He's the shell of a person he was. He'd been beaten up. I guess maybe he's, he's had a year off. He's healthy again. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to see him go down there. But from a straight-up football move, we got a pick out of something that wouldn't have produced at all for us. So I don't, what do you, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, right now it's, it's still sinking in a little bit as, as far as everything that's going on. Um, you know, I mean, right now his his body he is like a, a power forward in basketball, right? He's mm-hmm. he's significantly smaller, especially for how he plays the game and and just taking that type of beating. Um, I mean, you just look at at the last couple of years, the decline was so rapid. Um, Twenty eighteen, you know, Eric Berry single handedly you know shut him down in the regular season. Uh, I, I think he, he obviously has lost a lot of explosiveness. So I don't think Tampa Bay is getting what they think. And quite yeah. frankly, I, I really feel like the front office in Tampa Bay is they're acting like a bunch of fans as far as, um, as far as what they're doing down there. I mean, he averages um, four missed games over the last seven years, right? So they're paying him, uh, I believe it's $10 million. Best case scenario, the guy's probably going to play 12 games and, and obviously Gronk's probably the second greatest Patriot of, of all time all love here it's just really you know digging deep into this deal um so I mean they're gonna pay him the full year he's probably gonna play eight games or so um apparently he was seeing uh, Alex Guerrero a lot right uh Brady's kind of like freak show uh trainer guy with the, with the pliability and the tv 12 oh, well, method. Then he's gonna be fine then if he's seen guerrero he's fine 
<laughs> I was just like, he might, yeah, he, he might as well get his palms red too at the same time. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, as far as a tight end, I don't know how much the pliability and the stretching. Yes, for, for Brady, you know, he, he does his thing. It, it makes sense. But as far as a tight end, you really do just have to have the raw, you know, explosiveness and, and leg strength. And I do think Gronk's lost that. And really, in short there, I'll take the fourth-round pick. Interesting how we didn't uh, have O.J. Howard in the deal at all, especially where, where Brates, you know, really their, their tight end. Um, so, so it definitely shows O.J. Howard's pretty expendable and, and no one really wants him. Um, but, but I do think that the Bucks are really going to be, you know, last year's Browns. Thoughts, you, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned Mike Lombardi. I was listening to him last night. He said that what he heard was O.J. Howard was initially probably offered in the deal and the Patriots would rather have had a fourth-round pick than O.J. Howard, who was in the top 15 or 20. So I think you, what you just said was right. Mike Lombardi kind of said it last night, but O.J. Howard has not panned out and the Patriots are not really fans of his, so they'd rather – take the fourth rounder than OJ Howard. So um yeah, pretty crazy. But yeah, I think they definitely could have gotten OJ Howard in this deal, which is what I thought they would do, but they I don't think they were interested. Absolutely. Yeah. I was reading uh that on the athletic as, as well. And I guess as far as like their win total it it barely moved. Um so so that's something to keep an eye on. But I'll certainly be watching every Bucks game this year. Me too. I will watch every single Bucks game. I'm pretty pumped to have two teams. <laughs> I'm, yeah. It's gonna be amazing. How does it? How does it feel? Um, am I out of the wind tunnel? By the way, yes. yeah, you sound yes. way better. Great. So, as as the ex ex girlfriend, ex boyfriend, we're lucky to have two of them on at Patriot fans. As the ex of the relationship, how does it feel that Tachio just said Gronk's the second best Patriot ever? I'm sure Brady's number one. How does it feel that your two top players have left you for? You have to say Tampa Bay. When it rolls off your tongue, or the Bucks, <laughs> how, how how is that feeling? It is absolutely insane that like yeah. Tampa Bay was was the destination. I mean, Florida is is obviously a college football state. I don't think there's any real Bucks fans out there. It's uh, it, it's insane to me that Tampa Bay is is where he chose. I you know I him leaving you know that's a whole two, three podcasts in of itself that we don't need to touch on. It's, it's been hashed out, but the fact that they're leaving for Tampa Bay is, it's absolutely crazy to me, but, and I think Lee will agree. It's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if we sign Brady for two more years, it's just, it's just pushing everything off so much. Um, and really we, we like, you just got to ride with Bill in these times. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay with him leaving and excited for to him to go try and win another place. I'm excited to watch him in Tampa. I really am. It is weird he went to Tampa, Jerry, as as you're saying. Like they are, they've Brady's won more playoff games in like one run than they've won in the past 15 years. So it's it's just funny he's going, and they have just like <laughs> ugly jerseys, fucking Doug Martin, and like I just like think about their team from. Josh Freeman to Jameis Winston. And it's just, it's really funny that it's funny they're in Tampa. Bucks Nation, baby. Bucks Nation. Bucks Nation. There must have been, bees. there must have really been like no market. Uh, it just, it just seems, seems crazy. And they're even talking about like the schooling for his kids. Like, 
you're in Massachusetts. You you got like the you know the best high schools you know in America, right, or New England area. So what are they going to be going to like some school in in Tampa Bay with a bunch of like you know new like ex New Yorkers and shit down there? That's funny you bring um, that up, Tots. We actually I don't have know. Head, I guess it's we cool actually have head football coaches. Tampa Bay Central. We actually have head football coach of Tampa Bay Central and principal John Anderson on the pod. John, what do you say to Tosh? Oh, 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 we got disconnected. Damn it! I guess he couldn't join. Well, I, hey. I, I think that uh, the schools around the Tampa Bay region are some of the best in the Southeast. Now, you have to understand when you're looking at the Southeast that, um, you know, you'll get your Paideas, your Pace Academies in Atlanta. Um, there's some good schools in and around the uh, Charleston area. But you really have to think, what does an education in the South mean? And to me, it means getting educated in the ways of the South. And therefore, it's impossible to compare those to other schools around the country. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, John. I think it's John. Um, or no, it was Joe. And uh, I thought we had you disconnected, but I appreciate that. Tosh, what do you say to that? Hey, I, I will say, so we had a Tampa lax trip my senior year. Um, and I actually, I, I enjoyed Tampa. They got uh, Ebor City, it's called. It's spelled with a Y. And uh, I went to a great dinner down there with uh, Chase and his family, got some steaks. And then I went to the same spot. My dad actually ended up flying down um, kind of out of the blue. And, and we had a great dinner together. And it was kind of, you know, discussing like the next steps and, uh, you know, work. And, and, you know, it was pretty serious as far as a lax trip. But, you know, the knee was bum. I was doing nothing. Um, I remember Woodsy, though, I told him, I was like, Hey, I gotta like finish up like some applications or something. I can't go to like Clearwater Beach and just be a fucking idiot with the team right now. And uh, I had a buddy at like U Tampa who uh, like came came to say what's up in the locker room. So wasn't just like so skeptical that uh, I was like gonna go see him and stuff. It was crazy. So I, I was barely able to stay. But um, yeah, just a, a little side story for you. We definitely you got after it and. Uh, in the embassy suite hotel rooms for sure. No, dude, we should talk a little lax. I mean, you're a D3 lax star, not just a draft Oracle. Who are you? Wait, by the way, who are you playing in Tampa? So we played, um, we played Ithaca, got absolutely shit pumped from, uh, from Ithaca. They ended up having like a D kid who is like a top, you know, 10 PLL uh, drafty or something. I remember, like Austin Davies had a bum knee and uh, he goes to line up and the kid just like comes next to him and like tells him what he's going to do to his knee and whatnot. Um, so he played them, got fucking destroyed. Um, I remember I wasn't playing. And I had a buddy at U Tampa that like came to the game and uh, we went into silver, which is like our zone defense. We probably went to that five minutes in the game. I mean, that's just, you might as well fucking, you, you, you might as well just pack your shit, dude, at that point. Uh, it was a, it was a fucking mess, dude. Holy shit. Were you, were you dressed um, or were you dressed or were you in the, um, in the stands? Or? No, I was dressed. I, I think I ended up scooping a GB and, uh, 
like, you know, a couple minutes of PT there somewhere. Um, but yeah, I just remember you guys got to, if Chase comes on, you got to ask him about the skate. I remember it went into like the zone and like, you know, when you're a fucking goalie in zone, you're going to get absolutely shelled. We were probably down five, nothing. I, I feel like Chase just like looked over at me on the sideline and, you know, said one of his uh, little signature comments to uh to coach pops there or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, zone within four minutes uh, is never a good sign for how the game is going to go. Playing with Chase was like one of the funniest things, how just mad like his position is to potentially get hit by the ball, and he just hated getting hit by the ball more than <laughs> I've ever played with. <laughs> exactly, dude. We talk about like his backups were just such legends and so perfect for like Chase to have because he was obviously going to be the one playing, but uh, like Roos, for example, just an absolute beauty. He seemed to really enjoy practice, right? Yep. And, uh, oh, yeah, it, it was just awesome. Roos loved lacrosse. Pretty damn good goalie. He's out right now helping COVID patients on the floor yep. in med school. And then Shout we got Jack. just Chase gets hates getting hit by the ball. Fucking stud, though. And then Zach Steedman, who's married. Chris Maves, fucking... Who, who's also married. Gay. Also married. Dude, we had the so biggest squad of goalies. Uh, uh, so I, um, I'm i sure we have, like, some CC listeners and, and know the people and whatnot, uh, uh, right? Uh, so. let, me, let me interrupt you really quickly. Go ahead. We, we only have CC listeners. <laughs> That's why when we okay. talk about these people, it's, we don't need to give any introduction. It's just, like, everyone. Except for Pimo's parents and, like, two of my friends. It's mostly <laughs> people. There you go. So, uh, so I had like the first, you know, in the first lax trip, you guys went on that as well, right? To, uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina. And, um, UNC I mean, I feel like you guys were in this. No, we didn't make yeah, the North Carolina. Like Sorry, no. Greensboro. Greensboro. Oh, I wasn't you didn't there, but the I remember. Oh, we didn't no. make that. No. I was yeah. in the desert so, like, for Greensboro. Can... Me too. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I'm down to go into some. Yeah. We want the boy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I fucking – you told me that story recently. I yeah. was dying. I feel like I oh told it gosh. to, like, my dad or someone else, and they were just looking at me like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, you got to kind of be, like, on a block break to understand, like, a possible abduction in that situation. <laughs> um, but, uh, shit, yeah. Oh, so, man. Yeah, we can go to some of those trips. I, I forgot you guys weren't uh, – you guys got uh, – we weren't allowed. I feel like we I were, were, were kind of we the didn't make the cut. We, they we, didn't were bring the, in, we were there in uh in Baltimore, yeah. in Pennsylvania. In Baltimore. We were, yeah. When we were when we were smoking dabs off a knife in a hotel. <laughs> yeah. Yo, we can we can circle back to that unbelievable, absolutely fucking ridiculous oh dude. In the God. booger dab, we can uh yeah. you know we'll, we'll keep some in the vault, <laughs> but uh holy shit, no, it's yeah. Greensboro. And, like, you guys remember kind of the first trips. And, you know, like, a lot of these guys went to, like, boarding schools and whatnot, or they'd have to wear, like, ties to school and stuff. So, like, you know, I, I didn't even know how to tie a tie at that point. And traveling was just a shit show with, with all, you know, the edibles involved as well. I probably forgot, like, a belt. I'm wearing, you know, white Nike socks with a pair of shoes. 
I think Lee one time was like, look at Tacho. It looks like his fifth grade picture, I think he said one time. Um, <laughs> That's who's I've so, gotten that so, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, anyway, circling back there. I was in a room with, um, and that's the thing too, like just the roommates you have, it's so funny. So I was with Maves and Jenkins and I, looking back at it, I think I was kind of put there as like, these two guys are, you know, they have their shit together and maybe like, you know, they can look out for Tot Show a little bit, right? And, and not let them do like dumb shit. So I fucking, I get into the room and they both pull down the fucking ironing board. So, so I get in there. I like throw my button down on like the bed. You know, I'm like not 18, 19 years old. You know what I mean? Like I, I've learned a lot since then, hopefully. Like that's why I'm glad I went out there and, and was far away from what I know, even though I came back. But it's like they pull down the ironing board and they start ironing their pants and their shirts. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Maves is like, he, he's like it, it was the funniest thing and thankfully i never saw like that again i think it was maybe just the first trip and that's what they thought they should have done um but like you know my, my pants are on the ground i'm just happy to like sit in bed with a dip in and uh watching espn and these guys are fucking ironing their shirts i was just like i think i might be in the wrong place that's, yeah, nice. that's like that's like my story where where we had i probably told us on the podcast before we had per diem partners, we were allocated money to eat dinner, and we went to Olive Garden. And Chris Maves, who was the fourth string goalie at the time, was my per diem partner. And people were ordering food, and I was like, yo, you want to get some muscles? He's like, oh, I love muscles, but, dude, we got a game tomorrow. Like, I don't know if seafood's the best idea. And I was like, Maves, I don't know how to break it to you, but I'm at the actual bottom of the depth chart of middies, and you are the fourth string goalie. Like, we're not getting in the game. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) – but that was his dedication. Oh. He's, he's ironing his clothes. He's refusing to buy muscles because you never know when he's going to get in. So respect. Yeah, that, that's nice, Tom. Yeah. They put you, put you with those two. At least they, you know, guys had their shit together, try to get you up to speed. Lee and I were just thrown in the same room. We were, we were labeled lost causes. First mm-hmm. trip ever. It was like, we don't need anybody to bring them up. When are they going to quit? For those of you. For Were those you guys on the, on the Miller bus when they, they couldn't fit all 50 kids on the main bus, but they, so they had to put like 10 of us at the most on a little van with Coach Miller. I was in the little van with Miller, Jerry and Tosh. You guys in the van? You guys make- <laughs> I uh, think I, I escaped the Miller van. I don't know if I was, was in the Miller Mesa, van. right? It was to oh, Mesa. Oh, I was in the and, Miller van, yeah. And, and everyone ate edibles, and we lost to Mesa. And... <laughs> And but the the ones of us who ate edibles on the Miller van, it was just like six of us and the ass, weird assistant coach, great guy. But like <laughs> we were just like high in this little van after losing to a shitty team. After oh everybody, my god, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that game well. That's the thing, dude. Like the traveling and everything, it kind of seems like it sucks at the time, and it was so much travel. Like probably the most out of any, like definitely D three lacrosse team, right? Mm-hmm. But um, looking back on that, dude, I mean, that was like the funnest shit ever. I mean, we uh, there was a, a Panda Express at the airport, right? And like at a certain wait, wait, wait. Johnny, point, Johnny, when you Johnny, got off. In DIA? Go the DIA airport? 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I have been to that panda many and many a time. It's before you go through security, right? Yeah. Before. Yeah, I can see exactly. it in my brain. Yep. On the upstairs, okay? Yep. And at some point, if you hit it near like sunset, right? So like we come in at like 720 or some shit. Like you could you could order from there and the sun hits it so hard that the people working there, they can't even see you. So like you can, we would just get our food. I forget. I think it was maybe like busy or something. Show me. So one of the older guys, dude. And like you get your food, and the sun hits the cashier so hard, you just walk away, and they have no idea. So like we knew, like we knew. I mean, obviously that airport is a fucking thing in and of itself, right? But uh, as far as you know, what's above ground? I feel like I know that airport. You know, like the back of my hand. Like we would go in. And be like, all right, son's murdering these people. And we would just get our we did double orange chicken, lo mein. We would just walk back and go get our bags and just like keep our per diem or whatever. Kind of scummy, <laughs> but it's it's pretty funny to like know a place that well that you know you're you're comfortable doing that. But uh yeah, just it's just unreal. That's great. That's great. B team gold listeners, you will see Lee just took a very nice leak. Uh, Tachio, while you were finishing up there, um, Lee had a little bathroom break. And uh, pretty good showing by Junkin, we got to say. Yeah, the kid's <laughs> definitely got a hog. I mean, we really always plopped knew, it out there. We always knew he's got a meat hog, but I was honestly under the impression that he was a little bit more of a grower. And now, Yeah, you know, I didn't. Oh. Sure, I didn't know if it was, what was in his hand, his beer can or what. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> Good job. Listen, Lee. let's not take away from Tasha's Panda Express story. Yeah, please. <laughs> 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 These wrenches just taken away from the story. Yeah, dude. Uh, oh, my God. No, as far as you guys sometimes. in CC Lacrosse, I feel like uh, the the videos, you know, the uh, announcing that you guys did, mm. I always just heard, I always heard just such rave reviews on that. And I think back watching my little brother's games, I, I mean, just the fact that the parents could watch it and listen to you guys, I think it's just hilarious and awesome. I know my dad was like having some drinks and, and just laughing his ass off at you guys. So I watched my little brother's games. They're playing uh, Susquehanna. They put the fucking camera on the ground in the uh, – I've been so, out of this game so long, I fucking forget what it's called. The box area, dude. They, like, they put the camera on the ground in the box where everyone's running in and out of. It was absolutely unbelievable. Oh and, and I was just thinking to myself, like, you guys had, it had announcers and, like, just HD and everything. Like, I have to turn these games off half the time. But, you know, we appreciate that. Well, yeah. your, your dad's a true legend, so any compliment from him, I know, really hits home for, for Lee and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in that vein, I do want to give a special shout-out to Jeffrey Taccio Esquire, um, the B-team's lawyer and most loyal That's right. follower. Um, <laughs> That's right. Thanks, thanks for your continued support and also all of your assistance in all of our legal matters. Um, I well. love it. He, uh, yeah. yeah, he sent me he sent me something one day, and he's just like, listen to the pod. I'm like, what podcast is this guy talking about? I'm like, I'm like, I told them about, I told them about cereal a couple of years ago. Dude, like, and he finally fucking we, tapping into that. Um, but, we got to uh, get your dad. Yeah, we should no, get your dad it. on the pod. That would be a great interview. You, you brought up dinner with your dad. I always, whenever he came out to school, I feel like there were always great dinners. This is like always real shit. It was great. We, we get him on next time. If you talk. 
Absolutely. He's really into like shucking oysters now and whatnot. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a little phase. That's the phase he's going through in quarantine right now. He's like going <laughs> buying like oysters, like single oysters and whatnot. But uh, yeah, no, appreciate that shout out. And yeah, if you guys need him on, I'm sure he's you know he that guy will just drop some knowledge on everyone. It's a pretty standard New England dad path to get into shucking oysters in you know 50s whatever. At a certain age, you just you start shucking oysters as a New England dad. It's like it's right of passage. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love it. It seems kind of, you know, he picked up all these different, uh, you know, stages. We actually, he bought some baseball gloves for us uh, recently, which is awesome. Um, and like, you know, me playing lacrosse my whole life, I throw a couple balls and my arm is just like, I need fucking Tommy John surgery. It's like <laughs> hanging down. But uh, that's been something we've, we've been doing. Um, what have you been doing with gloves out again? So. Oh, okay. You've been just tossing balls and yeah, I don't know why just throwing, yeah. yeah absolutely I was it was really dumb I, I was thinking of batting gloves and I wasn't sure why you had batting gloves but obviously the baseball <laughs> mitt is the Tachios are all just wearing batting yeah gloves. wearing batting gloves yeah. it's like a signature thing we got going yeah. on actually yeah. I'll, I'll throw it back I had um the reason I ended up playing lacrosse is actually I gave up like back-to-back home runs as a sixth grader. Um, I, I used to pitch for the team WB Mason. I gave up back-to-back home runs. One of them is one like to one of my best friends, who's actually lives pretty close here now. Uh, my buddy Austin. So one random kid had the first one. He hit the second. I was just like, you know how you are as a little kid to in little league. And then there was a um, a girl playing in the league. And, like, little to, you know, I, I didn't know, but she was an awesome player. So, well, like, yeah, fifth, sixth grade. So, like a dick, I was, like, just trying to throw strikes. I think there was, like, two outs. And I'm just kind of, like, throwing meatballs. And she just puts one off the fence, dude. Gave <laughs> 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 up back-to-back home runs. This girl almost hit Like, if she hit a home run, it might be, like, a young – like, one of the youngest suicides, dude. <laughs> and, like, she just fucking – she just hits the fence, dude. Just absolutely rips it. And uh, I don't think I went to school the next day. And, uh, like, I didn't talk to my friends for, like, a while, too. Like, wow. a couple years. And uh, – yeah, so that was the end. That was the beginning, you know, but I'm I'm all into fate like that, you know. It's something that had to happen. Okay. You know, base, baseball on the South Shore is, like, huge. Like, that's where you're supposed to be really good. So, you giving up back-to-back home runs, is, it's not a good look on the South Shore. It was Coach. terrible look. Terrible look. I think at school, like, I was probably just getting shit on by everyone. Um, you know, as I said, I no-showed it. Uh, No-scope Moreno. But, uh... <laughs> But uh, yeah, they, there's a little uh, origin story for you. But um, coach, what uh, coach what pulled you, you off watching? the? Wait, Tach, I really want to get to that origin story. Is this the coach? He must have come, pulled you off, and you were just walking off the mound to a chorus of booze, never to step foot on a baseball diamond again. Is that what happened? Yeah, I think luckily, um, I I think I got pulled from there. Um. Yeah, I, I think I was pulled from the game. I, I believe it was a playoff game, too. And, uh, you know, that's where I was already t- playing a little bit of lax. So kind of the two, kind of playing both those sports, but then I just went full-time to it. Um, 
to go play for Mr. Woods at Colorado College. That's good. The lax oh, role will never be the same. About your your lax career, you stayed public school the whole time, right? Did a lot of Hingham guys go private, or were you were a lot of guys public school the whole time? Yeah, we had some kids private, but um, it, it's it's changing apparently. Um, so kind of like what happens is we'd have a good amount of kids who go private school, but the thing is, is they always were in private school, right? So they went yeah. like to private, um, like elementary schools and, uh, middle schools. So they weren't really like part of, right. Like, so I, I guess you could count that. Like there's awesome players, but that lived in the town, but they weren't really part of like the Hingham youth, lacrosse, you know, program so much. Um, but when I was in high school, we had one of my good buddies went to, uh, he sent me, uh, a, a Spotify flow motion he sent me today by uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. A little throwback, actually. But he went to uh, Avon Old Farms, repeated junior. But uh, other than that, everyone stayed, which is which is awesome. Yeah. yeah but I mean, now – You, you strike me as a, as a public school for life kind of guy. So, I mean, it makes sense that you didn't leave. I was wondering if, you know, yeah, if Hingham was a, was a, was a public school hub. Were you, guys, were you guys pretty good in high school? Yeah, great, great teams. Um, you know, pretty much made like the final four all years. Um, I actually, I have a really great relationship with my high school coach as well. And uh, he's running like this, uh, he's running like a fucking a trivia thing of like all Hingham lacrosse stuff and giving out gear now. Um, so he had like my little brother do a trivia question a couple of days ago about like the first out of state team they played. But I texted him, I'm looking for this uh, 2011 Hingham versus Concord Carlisle triple OT game. Um, we ended up losing, but it was, it weirdly is like the, my favorite game I've ever played in. Um, so I, I texted him recently. He's, he's John Todd. Everyone, he's universally known as JT. Um, just an, an absolute legend. Um, so he said he's looking for the game tape. He's going to get it to me, so. Yeah, I can maybe circle back, you know, send some snaps to you guys of uh, of this game. Beautiful game, grass field, everything J- you could ask for. JP found more success with Marcus, your little brother's squads. Is that is that right? Ah, uh, he he didn't win a state title either. Um, uh, apparently, the Tachos ha- had to leave before mm-hmm. uh, that that happened. When Mark was a freshman in college, ended up winning. But we like to say. You know, we really paved the way for the program, always helping out the, the youngsters. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess you could say Mark's team had more success. It was like from, you know, 2009 onward, it, it, the team would just really get better every year. We had some off-the-field issues. Um, sure. You know, like, for example, a kid was, like, packing a dip in gym class softball. And uh, Coach John Rice, whose chin resembles uh, Bill O'Brien of the Texans, um, <laughs> wonderful gym teacher down there at HHS, he, like, picked my buddy out in the outfield who had, like, a grizzly pouch in. He's, like, one of our best players. So, like, he got – you know what I mean? In, in mass, it's if you get caught with any of that, you lose 25% of the game. Um, so, yeah, like, dumb shit like that would happen. Um, in our team, you know, it was a fucking, it was a collection of characters. Um, but yeah, it's what, it's what it is. You know, we paved the way. Perfect. Well, Touch, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on our podcast today. 
Um, hopefully our listeners not only gain some insight into your life, but also some valuable insight that they can take into the NFL draft. Here at the B team, we do something every episode called One Last Wait. Thing. And Wait, before, before we get one, to One Last Thing. Before One Last Thing, Tacho is a draft expert, but he's also our in-house Vegas representative. Tach, do you have any fun bets that we should do for the first round for our players at home? This is the Pony Pal Brave question, by the way. So enter code. Uh, yeah, shout your out speed. Pony. Pony Pal or Brave. Get up, go. Get up, go. Connect to your speed, promo code, and you'll get uh, six months of free. Of, yeah, so, uh, I mean, first first and foremost, Jerry, now that you mentioned Vegas, I don't know if you guys just saw their fucking mayor um, speaking <laughs> yeah. with Anderson Cooper. Yeah. Hell of an interview. shit. <laughs> what a Fucking idiot! <laughs> it, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, like I'm was... pretty like desensitized to a lot of that, but you can't just fucking outright say just that. Like, we'll be the the control. Like, we'll, we'll be like the control to see if we all get it. But everyone's gonna travel to Vegas. Like, it's just fucking insane. That woman is a fucking idiot. That is like, I, I mean, when you said Vegas, that just like got me yeah, going. Triggered I mean, you. That, triggered you. Just, it's disgusting, dude. Absolutely yeah. just and it wasn't necessarily like the politics of it, it's just the the fucking just like just how Didn't. stupid is this, yeah. this person. Um but I'm sorry. So going back oh, you're to right. you're right. Interesting question. So I honestly as far as uh, I, I don't know how much I, I wanna touch the, the betting right now as far as uh uh the workplace, but uh if if someone were a uh if so if someone were a gambling man um, as far as the draft, a lot of times it is a lot of times it's like really juiced as far as um the selections. So like, will the Dolphins or like who will be the first QB selected, right? And it's like Joe Burrow minus five hundred, right? Or like, it, it, like wh- who will select Tua? And I'll I'll take a look right. and we can discuss as well at a different time, like. Who will do, who will take two and it's like the Dolphins minus four hundred right? right so it's like they're just not they're not right. things that or like uh, like any better would want to would want to pl- sorry I, I'm just gonna go off on a little spree here it's not something that like you really would want to get involved in but as far as like if I were make if I were going to like I think the term is handicap I I think um if I were to do that. I would be like, I think the Patriots picking a QB is a super interesting one. Like, you, like would the Patriots pick the QB maybe like plus, you know, 350? Like, I think that would be a, a, something that would be really cool. Um, and, and as I mentioned earlier, like, is Okuda the first QB off the board? Maybe it would be like plus 600, no. And that's a, a value pick that a better may want to get involved in. Okay. What I what looked interesting was the four and a half Alabama players over under first round. That's awesome. Um, let's discuss <laughs> off the, off air what you what you have going Tosh, on. Tosh, I know you yourself are not. You know, you you're a working man. You you may have all this time to yell. You have some gambling friends, I know. Are you or anyone you know maybe gambling on Taiwanese baseball with no fans right now? Is this the only sport going on? I am not. However, I, I've heard rumblings of um, 
some some virtual casinos that are being videotaped out of the Macau region. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know too much about that, but you know, if you were to have a couple, couple, uh, couple bombers and uh, you know, take a look at that on say a weekend night, you know, maybe like roulette. I think is a, is one of those table games they have at those places. You know, that could be a good time. I haven't heard much about Taiwanese ball, but uh, you know, the kind of those table games where. Uh, <laughs> You know, they, they you can like tip the uh the fucking the roulette spinners and whatnot. I don't know. I, I've I've heard some good things from uh mainly my younger brother. Mm. Yeah, Johnny's definitely familiar with the uh Macau spinners, so we'll we'll, we'll keep that one <laughs> keep that one in rotation. <laughs> well uh, uh I didn't mean to derail us. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to derail no. us. Does anyone else have any more Great questions? Question. Anyone else right. have Thank any more you questions? Pony, for uh, for Esquire, John Tachio. Well, Tach, we do do this thing here. Um, we've gotten less and less good at introducing it as the weeks progress. It's called One Last Thing. Um, pretty much just, you know, leave the listeners with one last thing. So anything that's on your mind, just one last thing. Um, You know, I, I just say appreciate what you guys are, are doing with the pod, you know, as far as, you know, it's, it's not, you know, in my top three or so, right. I'll, I'll be completely honest. Well, with you hey, on that. hey, we're the B team. Um, so that's, that's honestly a compliment. Hey, that's a compliment. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's too good. But I, yeah. I also, I, I am also someone though that I, I really, I, I can kind of never be like, you know, walking to work or like, you know, I, I really always have like music, believe it or not, even though I, I might not seem like the biggest music kid. I'm going back to uh, like a lot of my roots as far as like a lot of currency. A lot um, of Dalton too. To, yep, Dalton. Shout out to Wayland. A lot of air. A lot of air. A lot of air, dude. Wow. I've been listening Hell to yeah. a lot of air dude, too. Yep. Going, yeah. going back to air. Um, it, it, so like I'm going back to kind of the ska, the reggae, just just things that make me feel happy. Uh, but no, I'm I'm getting a little off topic there. But yeah, you know, it, as far as um, the other pods, it's great to tune into this um, because you know it, it's just great to hear the boys ranting, kind of like a like a hungover Sunday morning um, in college, right? It's something to where it, it just makes you feel good to to tap into here. Um, I, I find myself getting furiated, uh, sometimes when, when Jerry like mixes up a, a name of a team or something like that, <laughs> or like a lot, or like a lot of times I want to like say something in response and like, I get like really, really mad that I can't just like dunk on Pendleton sometimes. Um, but no, I, I, yeah. I appreciate the work and, and however the viewership is, I feel like that whoever does listen to these whole <laughs> things yeah but whoever does listen to them i i think it's you know it's you're not going to get like some crazy breaking news right but it is like familiar familiarity i don't even know if i fucking said that word right you know, but it's something almost, that especially in we, these times it's good we almost broke the antonio brown rape news <laughs> 
in like our first episode anything. in our first yeah. episode <laughs> meister told us that before it broke and we could have broken that news on our first episode and we didn't believe meister we, we held back we're like Dude, if we fuck this knows, up. he knows a lot of shit when when uh when he like says things you got to kind of listen i don't i think it's kind of like that the the hollywood life out there but because i remember as far as like even different kobe stuff back in the day rip but he uh you know when he when he says things like that on the on his takes uh you gotta listen well one last thing listen to evan meister one last thing Oh, one last thing. Uh, the Red Sox clearly didn't cheat because there was no penalties. Um, and uh, shout out Air from Whale and Mass. Uh, go listen to some Air. Water on the Moon. Um, feel I bring. Good shit. You guys should listen to that stuff. Fuck your girlfriend. Absolutely. Yeah. One last thing. Talk to you a great one last thing. And sorry that Moss didn't win you that Super Bowl button. Hit the rhythm and bump, fall in love with the funk Let us hand up the vibe to ya, hands up high if you want it You mean nothing to my brother Song, give a shit what outside Oh, never have and I won't stop You can tell me anything you want Time in the south.